Ephesians chapter 6. Um, finally, my, verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong, Lord. Y'all ready? Can you, can you switch as fast as I do? Are you all with me? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Everybody say, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor. How much? The whole thing. That you may be able to do what? Stand against the walls of the devil. How many of you know that Jesus destroyed and defeated the works of the devil? But therefore, the Bible tells us we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. And the Bible clearly tells us you've got to stand against. So that means when the devil comes, you have weapons that win. The weapons of your warfare, they're not, they're, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. And those to pull down strongholds, but your weapons the, that are here are mighty through God. It says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So that means we do wrestle. And we do have to put on the whole armor that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. So you're going to have to stand against. Everybody say stand against. Say wrestle. Wrestle. Right? I know you don't like that, but we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So there's some activity. But you're wrestling. And if, it's like a, you know, the, they do the state championships here for the high school. So it's like you walking into the ring knowing you've already won. Amen. You might wrestle with a little more confidence. Amen. No matter what my opponent does, I know I've already won. And so that's the wrestle that you have. Wherefore, take on you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Notice he keeps saying take on the whole armor. Um, so what's your favorite piece? I don't have a favorite piece. And neither do you. Because they all work together. So I know in our circles sometimes everybody says, well, the shield of faith is the most important. The sword of the spirit is most important. But if you don't have the loin battle truth, neither one of those work. If you don't know you're righteous... Those, that, that won't alone protect you. And then what we're talking about, we're going to get to the helmet of salvation again. Stand therefore. Uh, so having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all or out in front of all is a better translation. Take the shield of faith where you'll be able. Come on, your faith, you are able to quench any and all fiery darts that are coming. How many of them? All of them. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Right? No weapon. Take the helmet of salvation, which is what we're talking about, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always. You know, Brother Rick always says, don't stop at verse 17. Praying always, the lance of prayer. And we'll get to it. And um, I don't know what lesson this is on Ephesians, but uh, I want, I'm just so grateful. I'm really having a great time uh, in this. The truth of the matter is, though, um, uh, this one, the, the helmet of salvation, I thought about being done, but the Holy Ghost just, you know, dealt with me to keep talking about it. Because this is the deal. Um, really, uh, mind renewal is, is a very important thing. And a lot of believers, when they get born again, uh, if you don't go deeper into the Word and you don't get your mind renewed, you're going to have a very difficult life living in, you won't be able to live in victory like you should. And so I want to talk a little bit about it. So I want to remind you, we looked at, so the helmet of salvation, a helmet protects, what is it protecting? Your mind. And we all know this, that when you got born again, how many of y'all, this is Wednesday night, everybody in the room born again. Y'all filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking other tongues. So it's, and remember, your spirit doesn't need remodeled. There's nothing wrong with your spirit. Your spirit is not broken. Your spirit doesn't need fixed. Because, you know, back in the day, they used to talk about, you know, you, you know, along with Marvin Gaye, they used to, in the body of Christ, you know, you need spiritual healing. Or I don't know what other kind of healing he wanted to give you on Valentine's Day. But you don't need any healing in your spirit. You all with me? I got your attention. All right. So my wife's shaking her head. But you don't, you don't need it. You, you don't need any spiritual healing. 
Never mind. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, just move on. Um, so, but you don't need it. Back in the, there was really a big thing about wanting, I need, I got hurt, so I need spiritual healing. But you see, if the devil can get you to believe there's something wrong with your spirit, you are defeated. Amen. You were created in the likeness and image of God. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. But your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion can be really messed up. And that is the avenue, that is the place the devil attacks. And if you and I don't do something with our mind, then that means your flesh is in charge of you. Because you're a three-part being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and you live in a body. Remember, Paul addressed the Corinthian church. He said, I could only address you as mere men or carnal. What's a carnal Christian? A carnal Christian is a born-again Christian, but their flesh ruled. So you can't tell it in their life that they really serve God. I'm not going around judging whether people are born again. That's between them and God. But I can tell who's carnal, and you can tell who's carnal because of what they do, what they say, Right? But the Lord was not pleased. He said, the Holy Ghost said to the Apostle Paul, I can only address you as a mere man. What an insult. Because, see, we're not mere men. We're not mere men and women of God. We're, we're supposed to be growing in the things of God. We're, we're not supposed to be carnal. Carnality is you are flesh ruled. But listen to me, it's not even getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you can speak in tongues in rhyme, and do psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. But you don't do anything with your mind, you're still going to be carnal. Amen. And a lot of things that people have problems with, they say it's, you know, uh, back in the, the day, and it'll come back around again, and it's starting to percolate a little bit. People want you to cast out this spirit, you know. Uh, you know, what, I'll just go there. So, you know, um, I'm overweight, and so let's cast out a spirit of gluttony. You don't need a spirit of gluttony cast out. You need to put down your fork. That's in your soul. Right? Well, you have a lying spirit. No, you need to control your lie. You can control lying. I have a lying spirit. Cast it out. No, you need to control, you know. So all this casting out of stuff is just lazy. It's just trying to put off on something spiritual that you can control. You all right? Well, Pastor Mark, don't you believe in spirits? I do believe in spirits, but I also know the scripture, and I also know that most, if you're born again and spirit-filled, there is no demon living on the inside, living in your spirit. Now, he might try to mess with your mind, but, and he might try to do some things, but overall, we can all put our body under. Hallelujah. How do you put your body under? It starts in the soul. All right? So what is this helmet of salvation? Well, the first thing you got to know, um, I, I didn't give him any notes because I didn't know where I was going, but Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's look at that in the King James. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is reasonable service. So it's talking about the body. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. So this is what's happening with your mind, with the helmet of salvation, this is what it's talking about. You're either going to be conformed or transformed. One or the other, you got to pick. So if you're not being transformed, then you are being conformed. What does the devil do? He's doing it masterfully right now through everything that's available to our minds. He is conforming people to 
the, the God of this world is conforming them to his pattern of thinking. That's what I want to talk to you about tonight is really more mindset. Not just mind, but mindset. Because if your mindset, if the devil can get your mindset wrong, you're really not going to be able to defeat him because you're in agreement with him. You cannot uh, defeat the devil in your life. You cannot defeat sin in your life. You cannot defeat sickness. You cannot defeat anything the devil uh, brings if you're mentally even in agreement with it. And so the devil works over time to either conform you, but God wants to transform you. And we looked at this, but I love looking at it. So that word is metamorpho. And that word metamorpho is where we get the word metamorphosis. It's where a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. It's where a tadpole becomes a frog. And you and I are supposed to, in our mind, be going through a metamorpho. We're supposed to be, so it's not automatic. It's not automatic. I think if I have any frustration of a pastor, it's seeing people get born again, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, and then not doing anything. Because, see, when you don't do anything, then you're not being discipled. Jesus didn't say go into all the world and get people born again. He said go into all the world and make disciples. He's, he, he wants you to spend forever in heaven, but he wants you to have a little bit of heaven or a lot of heaven, not a little bit. He wants you to have a lot of heaven on earth right now. He wants you to rule and reign, have dominion, and be able to put the devil on the flight. To be able to resist sickness, resist uh, sin, resist all those things. So we have to be, how do we get transformed? By the renewing of our mind. Now listen, who can renew your mind? Just you. Well, I'm asking God to do it. Well, that would be a bad prayer. Because only you can do it. So what do you got to do? You actually got to pick up the Bible or turn on your phone, pick pick a translation and you got to renew your mind. you got to renew it. And listen, the Lord's even been dealing with me. You know, I've been preaching for 35 years. And sometimes I get busy and even writing sermons and writing daily bread and doing this and doing that. And it's not the same. You have to do it for you. And you got to figure out how to do it. I mean, I give you daily bread. Uh, if that one doesn't work for you, get something that every day you can get a scripture or a, a chapter or something and, and not just read to put in your, your time clock and say, I did it, but you've really got to renew your mind. And how do you renew it? And, and, and I, I'm going to give her credit one more time. My friend Lynette Estrada says it this way. It's the same way, you know, your mind won't stay renewed like your teeth don't stay brushed. Now, when I first heard her say that, that really grossed me out a little bit. Y'all need to brush your teeth. <laughs> don't you? How many of you know that stuff gets crusty up in there if you don't, you got to get rid of it. Take that to your mind. You're dealing with the world all day long, every day. And the devil uses those things I don't want to jump ahead, but I'm going to talk about it, to give you images with word. Words create image. And he's trying, to, he's trying to reshape you back to who you were in your mind. And if, he can do, if we don't work on regularly transforming, regularly renewing. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I've preached a long time. And sometimes you can, I can rattle off scripture. It is not the same as renewing your mind. Because, you know, it's like um, Ephesians, um, Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at that one. 
so it goes on to say, renew your mind so it may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Um, I don't have time. I think I addressed that last time. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 22. Ephesians 4, 22. And then put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, but be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new man, which is after God created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, then put away lying, verse 25, speak every man the truth of his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So it says that we have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And what, see, your, your spirit man, you need to feed it so it stays strong, all right? And how do you do that? With the word of God. But at the same time, you've got to renew your mind so it continues to go through a transformation. And it's not what you meditated on yesterday. It's not what you meditated on 10 years ago. It's not even what you really know. You have, your mind is separate, your soul, and it must be washed. You got to get the, ra- the, the wash rag. Is that, what do you guys call it? We called it wash rag at our house. Whatever, what is that little thing? The little square one. And you get the wash rag. You, it's a wash rag. You've got to get it, and that's the word of God. And you've got to scrub it down every once in a while. With, with the word of God. Maybe some lava soap. You remember? That stuff hurt. Anyway, so... So we got to get the word of God. So what are we trying to do? Well, remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, the Bible talks about the, the uh, helmet of salvation. So we're talking about the mind and the soul, your mind, your, mind, your will, your emotions. Your will has to become his will. Jesus is dead in the garden. Yours have got to do that. Um, your emotions, you got to get them healed. Um, you got to get them healed. Um, it's important. Because, see, you go... You, he said, well, this, you know, this hurt me. You got to get rid of offense. You got to, you know, you got to get rid, uh, uh, you got to walk in love and you got to get healed. You, 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 anything in your past, if, if someone touches it and it still irritates you, makes you sad, make you mad, you're not over it. Causes your BP to go up. Anything, you need some Tums, then you, you're not healed. You're kidding yourself. You've, you've covered it. You've pushed it down. And your faith won't work. And so you gotta get you gotta get it healed. But this renewal of the mind has to be because of what happens if what before you and I got born again, we had patterns of thinkings. We had mindsets. And unfortunately, when we got born again, those mindsets didn't immediately go away. Stick with me. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Just review it. Second Corinthians. 10, 3 through 5. There we go. For we walk not in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. So there is some war. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. What's a stronghold? It's a fortified place. Where is it? It's in your mind. Back when I first started in Charismania, uh, they, were over, they thought they were over cities. And so people rented airplanes and wore fatigues to church and pulled down strongholds over cities where, you know, where demons were. But that's just not what the scripture says at all. It's just a bunch of charismatic nonsense. And anyway, so casting down imaginations, where our imaginations are in your mind. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Where's knowledge? In your mind. Bringing to the captivity every thought. Where is it at? In your mind. To the obedience of Christ. And so what are we supposed to be doing? So a stronghold is a fortified place. It's a pattern of thought 
And that pattern of thought can lead to uh, certain part, uh, something with your flesh, something with your soul, uh, something with your flesh that you have a pattern of thought that you can't seem to break. I believe in the anointing. I believe in laying hands on people that are held in bondage, and I believe the anointing breaks the chains. But what also I've learned doing this for a long time, with certain bondages, it has gotten into their mind, and it's a mindset. And laying hands on someone does not fix the mindset. The renewal of the word with that current freedom that if they want to keep, they have got to get into the word of God. It's just like this, you know, um, when uh, uh, someone really does have a demon and they're demon-possessed, they immediately need to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Because if they don't, the Bible says that that spirit that was in them is going to get seven others, and and this is a true deal, they're going to be worse off. And in a lot of ways, this is where a lot of people experience frustration no matter whatever it is, is you can get the anointing of God. How many know we all believe in the anointing around here? And if you have just started hanging around here, uh, we may not have been doing as much recently, but we are a laying on a hands bunch. I believe in the anointing. I've seen too many people set free. But with that, when people are free, when people are delivered, when people are changed, they have got to change their mindset. The pattern of thinking has to be rearranged. And if not, it will cause you to lose. It will cause you to go under. And it has to be done every day. Now, everybody just wants God to do it. But there's always a God side and a man side. And God, when you take his word and you begin to renew your mind, he does the repairing. He does the fixing. And it doesn't take years. It can begin right away. This mind, this is like, it's like a computer. And once you begin to get in there and fix the wiring, because remember what he said, my ways are not your ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Uh, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. When you start getting God's thoughts and ways, and he's written down every one of them that you would ever need, and you begin to meditate on them, you begin to think about them, it will begin to change you. All right, let's look at this, Romans chapter 8. Um, so, um, well, no, let's not go there. Let's go to James chapter 1. Um, verses 6 through 8, and then you'll see where I'm here. Remember the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, right? Uh, so if, uh, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave sea, uh, in the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 7, for let that, not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. Verse 8, a double-minded man. Now listen, faith is of the, where do you believe from? Faith is of your heart. It's from your cardia. It's from the center of you. So faith is of the spirit. But listen to me. It says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. How can he receive? So your mind, which your soul, which I believe also is encapsulated in your cardia, is, is this. If you, don't, you and I don't do something with our mind, it will work against our heart. Now, I know my brother, my brother Hagen, my father, my brother Hagen, uh, brother Hagen says you can believe in your heart while your head is full of doubt. And I get that and I agree with that. But the easier thing to do is you've got to deal with your mindset. I agree, random thoughts, random doubt that's in your mind. But if you have a wrong mindset, 
a double-minded. So this is a man with two. If you really look at this, this is a man with two mindsets. And one of the things the devil is trying to do with our younger generation is change their mindset. And it's working, unfortunately, but you and I in the church, your children, you've got to protect. You've got to make sure they have the right mindset. And you've got to show them what the word says about everything that's going on out there. It's amazing to me. Unfortunately, I do read some things. The statistics to me are staggering right now of how uh, this um, identity crisis that people are having, that 33% of this generation, they don't know who they are or, or particularly understand who they are, uh, what, you know, their, their body, their, their desires, the, everything is all messed up. But what happened is the devil got in and people started teaching and this happened and they changed their mindset. They opened themselves up to a different way of thinking. And the thing about God is once we get born again, he needs to change the way we think. And so he's telling us a man with two different mindsets is unstable. Tossed like the wave of the sea. Then it's really, what do you say? How can he receive anything? Why is that? Because when you and I don't have the right mindset, that is the access point for the devil, and we're believing something, but then our mindset that has not been changed begins to fight us. So you got to work at both. You got to feed your spirit. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But at the same time, on purpose, you have to renew your mind. The helmet of salvation. It is the key point of attack of the devil. Come on, Joyce wrote the best book ever, The Battlefield of the Mind. If you don't have that in your library and you've never read it, I've never met her. But I'm telling you that is probably of that subject the best uh, book on that subject. It is a battlefield. Your mind is where, it's, where, where you and I have to get the victory. And it's not what you did yesterday, it's what you're doing now. If, uh, Romans chapter 8, let's look at uh, verses 4 through 8 and the Amplified Classic. Romans 8, 4 through 8. Y'all doing good? Uh, Romans 8, start at chapter 4, 8, there you go. So that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be feel, fully met by us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh... But by the ways of our spirit, our lives govern not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but by controlled by the Holy Spirit. So it's talking about the Holy Spirit and your flesh. Verse 5. For those who are according to the flesh are controlled by its own holy desires. So if someone's a carnal Christian, if you and, and different people are controlled. So there's... Either the Holy Ghost is controlling you or your spirit is controlling the ascendancy of your life or your flesh is in charge. So you're either carnal and flesh ruled or you're walking in the spirit and God ruled. And of the, they're controlled by its, because uh, your flesh, well, I'm born again and my flesh is not unholy anymore. Wrong. You're going to have to subdue your flesh until the day it returns back to the ground or Jesus comes and blows the trumpet and you get a new body. Or this one becomes 
you know, like his. You're going to have to deal with your flesh. To just say it does what it wants to do is really setting you and I up for danger. It's unholy desires. How did it get that way? Set their minds on. Set their mind. What is that? Meditate on. Think on. Have images. Have movies playing in their mind. And then they pursue those things which gratify it. It starts with a thought. Then it becomes an image. Then it becomes a meditation. Then it becomes inward talking. Then it becomes a movie. (laughs) Then it becomes an action. But those who are according to the Spirit are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their Minds. So what is the key? Your mind. My mind. Where is it set? Mindset. Mindset. They're controlled by the desire of the Spirit. Set their minds on seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. So those things that gratify the Holy Spirit are the Word of God. Set my affections on things above. I walk in the Spirit. Verse 6. Now the mind of the flesh, which is the sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. So if the devil can get us to be sense-ruled, carnal, the Bible says that sense will lead you to a death. It's not physical death necessarily, but it, the way because it leads you to sin. And the wages of sin is always, always. It's death, death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind... But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and peace both now and forever. Verse 7. That is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So if you don't get your mind renewed, you're going to find it impossible to submit. Submit to God. Submit to the elders. Submit yourself to the word so that you can do what? Resist. You have to submit to God in order to resist the devil. So there's a lot of things about the mind renewal here that a lot of people don't do. They shout Jesus at a problem and nothing happens and they want to know why. Well, this is part of why. You you and I have to, it's not an option. Just like it shouldn't be an option for your teenager who, after he goes and plays basketball, to take a shower. It's not an option. You must. You must. Why? Well, because it's, it's awful. It's hostile. But we have to be able to submit, and it can't. It is, then because we haven't renewed our mind, it, it you can't submit. There's a part of you that because your mind is not renewed, it yields to the flesh. And so that's two against one. And it refuses to submit itself to God. Verse 8. So then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites, and the impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to him. I didn't say that, he didn't say they weren't saved. He didn't say they didn't speak in tongues. Y'all, in our circle, how many know I believe in speaking in tongues more than y'all? But speaking in tongues is not the answer for everything. It's not. I believe in praying in tongues. I pray in tongues more than y'all. 
I love to pray out mysteries, but praying in tongues, it doesn't give me faith. It, it builds upon my holy faith. But praying in tongues does not renew my mind. If my mind is messed up, I've got to take the time and I've got to read the word of God and I've got to do this. I've got to meditate. So let's skip ahead and let's see where we can go here. Um, Because I want to get to this. How do we change our mind? One of the greatest things um, that we can do, because remember, I think we left off last week with Philippians. Let's put Philippians 4.8 up first. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest. So it's telling us whatever things are just or righteous, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So like I said, I heard someone say, you got to put a bouncer at your, at your door. And when a, something comes to you, you and I can decide if we think on it. Now, I don't know about you. I'll just tell you how my, my, my mind works. Sometimes I'll find myself thinking on something and I'm 15 minutes in, I'll be like, what in the world? We don't do that anymore. But how did we get here? Because one thought leads to another thought. I'll tell you something funny. Um, my wife, uh, Pastor Rhonda, she, she has a beautiful mind. It's a complex mind. Hallelujah. And sometimes after she's been thinking a while, she'll just blurt something out. And I'm like, okay, I need a little context here. So we have to back up about three or four conversations in her mind to see how we got there. But I said that to tell you this. Um, she can really, she, she's a, she, her thinking has uh, spared, helped spare my life a number of times. But my, my point is this, is you, if you don't know, you've got to know how your mind works. And where, because what the devil tries to do to all of us is get us to meditate on the wrong. What Pastor Belinda was talking about. His endeavor is to get you to see something. And then his ultimate thing is to get you to say something. The devil needs raw material like God needs raw material. God's raw material is what? Faith. What is the devil's raw material? Fear. Sense realm. What's the fight? It's in your mind. Are you with me? It's in your mind. Can we win the fight? Absolutely, 100% of the time, by renewing the mind. So it says, the Word of God says, the Apostle Paul told us, he said, but you've got to think on these things. Listen, you and I are always thinking on something. You are. Every once in a while, I can very much try to shut everything off, and I, I can get there some. But we're thinking on something. But is it honest? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it of a good report? Is there any virtue in it? Is there any praise in it? If, if it doesn't meet the qualifications, you got to kick it out. And you on purpose can stop thinking about it. How do you stop thinking about it? Well, Pastor Mark, you don't understand my mind. Sometimes I'm tormented and, and I get vexed. Well, then you need to open your mouth and say what the Word of God says concerning that situation. And if you don't know what the Word of God says, Google it. Um, do something, find a scripture, and then begin to open your mouth and, and say contrary. Because what that does is shut down the wrong thought, and then it replaces it because you, you can't, can't talk 
and think negative. You can't talk word and think negative at the same time. Now, I know I had a teenager one time told me he could, but um, I don't know what happened to him. I don't think he's doing that well. But anyway, I, I, I don't think that, I, I think he was just being obnoxious. Uh, but the truth of the matter is you can do it. And it's the only way to stop a bombardment. Listen to me, somebody in the room. And I get it. I, I understand when I was young, I, I get a bombardment of the mind where the devil just, the attack is almost where you just want to make a deal with the devil. Someone listen to me. I get it where you're just like, please just leave me alone. But that's like saying sick him to a dog. When the devil thinks he's got you, he's not going to make a deal with you. Somebody in this room, if you're tormented with something, well, Pastor Mark, how many times do I got to do it? Well, you just do it until you win. It's not that hard. Yeah, but I've tried it. Well, quit trying it and just do it. Because this works. The word works. The word prevails. And so this is something you and I have to work on. Have I arrived? <laughs> no. How can you tell when you haven't arrived? Well, something will leak out. Or again, you'll find yourself 15 minutes later is like, what in the world? So let's do this real quick. Do you remember the children of Israel, the first group? So what really kept them out? The Lord called it unbelief, right? Let's see if I can find it. Let's just look. How many know Proverbs uh, 23.7 says this? Let's look at this. Proverbs 23.7 says, as a man thinks in his mind, in his heart, what? So is he. So if the devil, this is going to help you help some folk. If the devil is convincing, he, he works on the mind. And he gets them to think they're a certain way. I, you know, um, I know I keep talking about him but uh, a lot. But when, when Brother Rick was here on Sunday night, I had never, I've read almost a lot of his books, but I'd never heard him Sunday night put all, and he said he never had put all that together in one thing. And um, I had never heard the fullness of his testimony. But, you know, I don't think they're watching. If you are, hi, Rick, Denise, how you doing? Um, but one of the things you got to understand about the devil is he knows somewhat about your future, not everything. And he can sense some things about you. Like um, if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're going to make millions of dollars and support the kingdom. If you're going to do this, if you're going to do that, whatever. And so to me, for me to hear him when he was in, what would he say, fourth and fifth grade. And, and for him to think that he's stupid. When I, and I didn't really know all that. And I go around and I often think of him. What is it like to be the smartest man in the room all the time? What is it like for him as a minister? <laughs> like if I was preaching in front of him, I, I know he doesn't do it because he's too humble, too kind, too good. But to sit there thinking, oh, man, if he had just known this. Can you see the tactics of the devil to get you to believe something about you that is a lie? And so many people have done it. So not only do we need to get born again, not only do we get filled with the Holy Ghost, we need to be discipled and we must renew our mind. The children of Israel came out. Listen, we are a signs, wonders, and miracles church, right? 
How many of y'all believe with me? We believe for signs, wonders, and miracles, right? But how many of the children of Israel came out with signs, wonders, and miracles? There was not one sick or feeble among them. They walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. They saw water congealed on either side. They saw the enemy drown. They sang songs about it. Right? But then, and God told them what was theirs. But then they came back, put up Numbers 13, 33. As a man thinks in his mind, so in his heart, so is he. Numbers 13, 33. And then we'll pick up here next time. And there, so now they're given a report. The ten are given a report. And there we saw the giants. How I many know oh, there were giants in the land? The sons of Anak. So we saw the offensive line of a football team, which come of the giants. And we were as in our own sight as grasshoppers. So while they were there getting all the big grapes, while they were there seeing all the homes that God promised them that were theirs, that they didn't build, all the vineyards that God said was theirs, all the cities God said was theirs, Understand what I'm about to say. These slaves had not had time to change their mind. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, something happened. I know what happened to Joshua. He got to hang out with Moses. And so he was in the glory, and that must have changed him some. Caleb, I don't know how he got here. I think, though, if Caleb could do it, the other ten could have done it. But they didn't change their mindset. How many of you know the second group went in not because the walled cities were different, not because there weren't any giants, not because the land wasn't going to eat them. (laughs) Nothing changed except for the second group changed what they thought because Joshua, the youth pastor, and Caleb, the children's pastor, began to teach a different generation. And remember when they went and got in, he said, you know, I'm not making the same mistakes as your parents that caused me to wander for 40 years. So there's nobody talking until I tell you to shout, right? But here I just want you to see what, what is their problem. As a man thinks in his mind, so is he. God promised it. God delivered them. They saw signs, wonders, and miracles. It was just like God said. But God is not the one that kept them out. Their mind and their imagination did. And it turned into unbelief that sore displeased the Lord. Your mind is so important. And I, you know, I, I'm passionate about it because I think for me it's a key to my victory in life and it's a key to your victory in life. And you're not too busy for it. And you're here on a Wednesday night, so I know you want to do it. So let's just bump it up just a little bit and let's keep our minds washed. Let's keep them renewed and let's meditate. So then what are we going to do the opposite way? Then he told Joshua, remember in Joshua 1.8? You remember what he told him? He said, meditate in the word, night and day. So that's what? All day long. That's one of the things I like, you know, the way the Lord dealt with me about it, is get one scripture and chew on it. To meditate, to think on it. And when you begin to meditate on it, you begin to see what you see in that scripture of who you are. And when you get there, then you begin to self-talk it. Then you begin to act on it, and then you begin to have it. And then when you believe God, when you walk by faith, then your mind is going with you, and then your body just gets drug along. And then it gets, really, your body can get happy. 
with the two of you, <laughs> your spirit and your soul. Because after a while, you've been in charge so long, it's just like, oh, this is what we do now. And it really can get to the place where you're not dragging it anymore. It's actually happy to be there. It's actually wanting to do it because you've trained it. This part of you, you have to at first wrangle it a little bit. Paul, the apostle Paul said, you got to crucify it. But I'm telling you, the easier way to do it is you've got to renew your mind and begin to meditate on the right things. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. 